For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? my block the green bay packer podcast i'm your host of my green been gone off a week but my man mike handled the show and did it very well so mike man how you doing from last week what's been good with you well i didn't get to go to ireland so not, it's not that great but uh ag it's good to have you back bud <laughs> yeah yeah so like you said i went to ireland man got to see my huskers play and it was i say for the trip itself because we did a lot of touring mm-hmm. obviously we were there Monday of the game. So the 22nd through the game was on the 27th. So we're there five days prior. And uh, the first couple of days was interesting. Or if I say first four days was interesting because one of my bays got lost or not lost. They left it in Chicago instead of, of making the plane and over to that's, Ireland. That's just rampant right now, too. Yeah. Hey. It is. It was. I wasn't the only one. I wasn't the only one. So I didn't did you, did you? What did they throw you in? Did, you, did they have some proper clothes for you over there? Um, I went to a place. I kept my receipt. Uh, this place called the White House is like a clothing store, almost like mm-hmm. a TJ Maxx, um, small department store. Went in there, grabbed a couple college shirts, a pair of jeans, some socks, uh, a belt, because all that was in my luggage. In the luggage they left in Chicago, and I, you know, I go report it right after we land on Monday night or Monday morning in Ireland, yeah. and then like the lady comes and goes goes back. In the little storage, hoping maybe the bag is there. She comes back. She says, no, your bag is in, uh, still in Chicago. I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm like, all right. And, and I've been here days, before. I see my first, it was five days. So Monday, I didn't get it till Friday afternoon, Friday night. Yeah, I mean, is so it? See, that's the thing. It's unbelievable. They know where it is, <laughs> and they still can't figure it out. I, hey, I When I was 300 right. pounds, when I was 300 pounds, I was in Paris, France. Okay, my wife, my daughter, yeah. my mom, and my dad. We fly over to Paris, France. This is and we. This is before Maddox is born. I'm 300 pounds. Right. It's it's the dead of winter, and I don't have a bag. Oh my goodness! My bag was in AG. My bag was in Tokyo, Japan. Did you fly? You said no. My bag somehow got on a plane flight to Tokyo, Japan. Wow. So so wow. I, so I'm rolling around. And I mean, 300 pounds is like, they don't like, first of all, French people hate Americans. And when you're wearing. And they're small people. Right. So now I got cargo pants. Remember the old cargo pants? I got like three XL cargo pants. Okay. And I got like this jacket that you wouldn't buy normally, but it was a, you know, it was a big boy jacket and I'm walking around. I couldn't have looked more American. I mean, I couldn't get a single, I couldn't get anybody to help me. If I walked up with my parents, nobody would talk to my parents. Nobody would talk to my family as long as I was around because they knew immediately that I was a dirty American. I loved it. A dirty. 
Yeah, you, you do get that look. They know hey, right away you're American. Hey, G, did you listen? I know you're not a drinker. I know you're not a drinker, but did you go to Guinness? Did you go to the Guinness Distillery or the or the Jameson Distillery? Did you did you do the, the yes, my man? Jim, I did I did Genesis or uh, um, Guinness Guinness excuse me Guinness Genesis Guinness I did Guinness yes I did um had by the most I probably had the most amount of Guinness beer in my life. It's good though <laughs> for the first three days. That's all I had. That's all I had. Do you when like I was it? At I mean, lunch or like, dinner? Can you? Can yeah, you I like it? it. No, I like yeah. it for real. So I've used had to it be, here before, and yes. Uh, the, did you taste the difference? There used to be here. there used to be a difference in the way yes. that yeah yeah right because what is it because like the the the, the way they bottle it over there the nitrous or something like that doesn't it's it's not as foamy it's here it's more foamy there or something. Yeah, it's more foamy there, um, and then obviously what I know and what you know is the travel. You know they got to ship it overseas and all that sitting in the boxes or whatever how it gets to America or even if they do that if they just make it here differently, obviously we know that is a probably a different process because if you don't get it from the motherland, like that's the motherland of Guinness and Jameson whiskey, then it's not going to taste like it, how it should be. So real quick, before we get going with the rest of the show, we're going to go to bet online It's the fastest and easiest way to wager all your favorite sports contests and events with your first market odds and lines. So find reviews and news on every league, including major league baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports too, Mike. Yes. And golf, which I did a lot in Ireland. I golfed so much that I was like having nightmares. I was like, my body, <laughs> I didn't know my body could hurt like that. Walking the whole 18 on, on the two golf courses, I went around beautiful golf courses. Uh, one was uh, Art Glass and Cass, uh, and the second one was, uh, it was a pro one. It was a pro PGA oh, yeah. stop. Is um, it one? Of, is it the ones it like was, you see over there at the Scottish Open where it's like, it's got those huge bunkers and then there's like, there's just like crap all around it, so you got it. You have to be accurate. A hundred percent. What do they call them? Links, yep. right? It's you have to me. Oh, the links, right? And oh my god, you have to be super accurate. So um, I'm like, I'm not a pro. I had bought three boxes, four boxes of golf balls just to have enough to finish what I was doing. So uh, finished to be here. Bet online continues to be the top online source for your sports information and live in-game betting odds, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device today. Join today and make your first sports bet. Use the promo BLEAV5050 now to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, Mike, where the game starts. Yes, sir. So, so now we got into preseason three, um, wrapping up the preseason. And this is game, and regardless of the number for, you know, now it's three, it doesn't matter, like four. That fourth preseason game for us. It was that game where the young guys basically had to land on the line, you know, because we yep. know what, what what's next for for younger players or players on the bubble. They could be a veteran that's two year that hasn't had a lot of experience, um, game time on active rosters. But now they got to show up in this game three now for current players, but game four for us back during our time. And so, what's your what's your takeaways here um, for this game against the Chiefs? Well, like, so first of all, who cares? Right, cheap. What is it? Seventeen ten. We lost seventeen to ten. And yeah. so we yeah, started something yeah. last week. We started something last week, Ag, because because it was it was Mike Flanagan and I. We did an O line takeover, right? Yeah. So how Mike doing, by the way? How's he doing? Oh man, he's doing great. He's doing great. We got to get him on the show. Doing he's good. amazing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but I know. Listen, I know. we we wanted to just hit. The, let's hit the this this the receivers and the and the quarterbacks early, and then let's just get into the stuff we love talking about. So, you know, real okay. quick, the, the takeaways for me are this. As far as Jordan Love goes, the, the week before he had, you know, a couple uh, – he had two touchdowns, three picks. 
And so people are looking, you know, for, for certain things at him. The kid's certainly got talent. He's in the right room as far as learning and developing. Mm-hmm. And he's certainly in a, in a quarterback-friendly system, especially now, um, as far mm-hmm. as the, the meld between the Sean McVay system or the Kyle Shanahan system, whatever it is, you know, we call it. And then and then Aaron Rodgers' take on things, right, with a little bit of Mike McCarthy's old system. Right. So his numbers are pedestrian. Right. I think it was 16 to 26, had uh, 148 yards, had a, had a pick on, on, you know, kind of the end of the half – play not a great read by him but you're also trying to make something happen so you get to throw away um the yeah. thing that, that pops up is you see the talent he had he makes great throws but he has head scratchers and all off season or excuse me all preseason what we keep seeing from him is the timing isn't always there on kind of the gimme stuff like it's not like a long handoff Keisha johnson sometimes talks about with aaron Rodgers. like aaron Rodgers, where you're throwing at 10 yards or 40 yards it feels like a long handoff, right? The ball's just where it needs to be. Right. And it's not always that way with Jordan Love yet. The accuracy is not what we would just consider elite. So as you break down the film and you start looking at it, there's a couple of things he really needs to work on. Pocket presence, okay? Just mm. understanding where yeah. the rush is, understanding when you got to go, when you don't have to go. Pre-snap reads as far as like sometimes the defense is going to give you the five-yarder on first down, you got to take it. Or the three yarder, you got to take, take it. it. You don't want to throw it away. You yep. don't want to hold the ball. You don't want to, you know, give up. You don't want to get pressure. You don't want to give up a sack. And then the next thing mm-hmm. is his footwork is not where it needs to be to be an elite player. It can't and, improve. Right. And, and what I mean by that is when he comes off his play action, when he comes off his drop, sometimes he opens his footwork up. Like he'll be thrown to the right, but his but his left foot's pointed straight ahead to the left. And you'll see his throws are a little mm-hmm. bit shorter to the inside. And there's a reason for it. It's just everything starts with your footwork when you're a quarterback. We don't preach it enough in the, in the National Football League, but it's incredibly important. So for me, it's just like he's good. He could be great. He, I think he's going to be great for another team, quite frankly. Like, I don't think he's going to want to stick around another year. I, I mean, I wouldn't if I was him. Right. Yeah. But you yeah. can work on these things and, man, just keep getting reps, reps, reps. You got to make the most – like your, your practice film should be just impeccable. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I agree on that last statement there because that's the only time he's going to be able to perform. You know, once the you know regular season is here now, um, you head it up real quick. I'll hold on real quick. Um, but yeah, he needs to need reps, reps, and rep, more reps. So because that's the only time he's going to have to um, prove himself out there. Because you know, regular season games, those are all done. He's not going to be in, in a lot of those regular season games. Um, to his footwork, that's something I watch. On the daily, when I watch, any, you know, especially college uh, college football uh, to pro football, I watch the quarterback and their footwork because me, uh, you know, I wasn't a running back, but I played baseball. And I knew that having a good base on yourself, throwing that ball from the outfield to the infield, if it's on a strike or if you're just trying to hit the second baseman to get, uh, you know, somebody out or just to get the ball into the infield, you got to have your feet set in different ways. And if you don't have that set, feet set the proper way to throw certain passes, you know, certain you know, if it's a lob pass to a to a bullet pass to a touch pass, things like that, then it's going to show up. And and defenders going to know that because from a defense alignment standpoint, they'll know. Okay, if we push him around, we make him see ghosts. Don't let him set his feet. Then he's not going to kill us because we know better than anybody. A guy that is still playing, you know, in his twenty plus year, Tom Brady. We all know if you rattle him, you move him out that pocket. He he gets frustrated because he knows better than anybody. From the ground up, the feet are in. If they're in the right place, the ball 
he gets real comfortable and he's going to just basically pick you apart. So that's something that, you know, young quarterbacks got to know. I say got to I say that's going to be their first point of emphasis, you know, not worrying about how strong their arm is, if they got a big arm or whatever. Then start from the bottom up, work on that footwork. And obviously, like, I don't know if you heard me before you when you jumped off there, just the reps for him. Like you mentioned, I agree. The practice reps is going to be his reps because regular season reps are not going to come a whole lot unless they get a blowout and he finishes up the game. Yeah. Or if they're losing a game at a point of intuition where the coaches say, you know what, you know, let's take out the starters out. Let's put let's put, uh, you know, Jordan and the other, you know, offensive line, running backs, wide receivers, second crew in because this game is out of reach at this point in the game. So until those situations pop up, that's when he's going to get his um, time out there to burn. Yeah, what, so. one thing that you you brought up, you know, Tom Brady's when I when I work with athletes, he's like one of the first people I talk about because Tom Brady's got the best footwork in the game. He doesn't have the best feet in the game. He has the best mm-hmm. footwork in the game, right? And that's that's shoot, Correct. man. He was just ranked number one difference. again. Yeah, he was just ranked number one in uh in the NFL players list. Like, you know, after twenty some years of playing ball, he's still ranked number one. Even if he's even if we think Rodgers is one and you know Donald's two and he's three, still. And it's because of his fundamentals. And that's something that you know, young young players like Jordan Love, I don't know if they come into the league with an emphasis on that coming from college like they used to, but you know, certainly you can right. see again the talents right. there. If, if we talk about wide receivers, something yeah. happened today that was a little bit surprising. I didn't think Juwan Winfrey was going to get cut. So he got waved. Really? really? Yeah. I didn't think – he, he's I, been yeah, playing, yeah. He's been I, 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 I thought he was a little on the bubble. He was right. on the bubble. I thought he was a little on the bubble. I didn't think – yeah, he's back and forth. Well, this this is this is one of those deals. So obviously, Dobbs is gonna, has played his way onto the team. He's going to get – he you expect him to get minutes. And Christian Watson yes. has not played a lot, but you see the talent, and obviously he's coming off an injury – but you see the talent. He's a second round or you know second round pick, probably a first round grade. You're gonna you're gonna get that that mm-hmm. experience, that time and experience. What's really been interesting this offseason or this preseason is the way that everybody's emphasizing all the rookies because of Aaron Rodgers making that statement. Of, Guys got to pick it up in the wide receiver room, blah blah blah. But really, right, we right. haven't seen Alan Lazard, we haven't seen Randall Cobb, and we haven't seen Sammy Watkins. All we've seen him from practice, and we understand that Sammy's looking better. He's, he's, he's not injured. Lazard's looking like a number one. So we have all this, but when we actually get to game day next week, all of this stuff is going to come together, and we it's be interesting to see how, like, Dobbs and Watson can get themselves into the game. And probably Amari Rogers, Like, Amari Rogers is probably going to make the team, right, because it's a special team. So are they going to work him into the game plan? But it'll be interesting to see how that works with those top three guys. Yeah, definitely. Like for me, I I saw Winfrey just a bubble guy. I didn't think, you know, that he was going to get cut. But I'm just saying, if anybody's going to be on that, the as we call it, the cut list, the plank, whatever, yeah, right. he's going to be one of we one of those guys because he had his place very few or far between, but wasn't just popping on the map on the game field on the tape as as, as we talk about. As subculture say, make that film pop. You know, just mm-hmm. like oh man, that's a good play. Like he made some plays. He did not not make plays. So he made plays, but wasn't to me my what I saw enough to really get the coach's attention, like what Dobbs did, you know, but we saw what right away what Dobbs was doing in practice. It was relating over to the then, then the game. In the KC game, I noticed one, the one play, the, uh, the screenplay that they had, as wide receiver screen, he kind of hesitated a little bit too long. So that's I know I run screenplays, so I know you, you kind of let, you know, pause for a second, let the O-line get in front of you, but then boom, you got to hit it. Yeah, and he kind of hesitated a little too long and got kept and got hit in the backfield, which it wasn't that shouldn't have been a screenplay, especially to a wide receiver should not be behind the line of scrimmage. It should at least get a yard, maybe two yards, but not behind the line of scrimmage. That's what I saw there. And then Watson um, being a second round pick, that's probably that's the only reason he's still right now, because, you know, he's got a hamstring. I 
Right, he got a free pass. This is yeah. this is rookie's free pass. If you're a first round, second round now, back in the day, maybe a third round, second round, first round, you know, back during our time. But now definitely first round, second round, you get that free pass because obviously he had the hammy. We came back. He didn't play a whole lot either because obviously they're, it's, a, it's a soft tissue injury. You don't want to push that too hard. You want to make sure you get him ready for the regular season. So now all the guys in the room, I I, I say, I say Randall Cobb being his age, they kind of know what he can do and what he can't do. And it, it really take, it wouldn't take no snaps to not to know, or really you don't want to get him hurt out there. Um, uh, Alan Lazard, I think he's proven. They knew what he could do, um, but to test out the young guys in some of the other positions that like you saw, you saw, um, I think it was Dobbs or another receiver earlier preseason we mentioned that was trying to, take the role of uh, Alan Lazard and picking up blocks and stuff, trying to handle Winfrey. defensive backs, linebackers. Winfrey. Winfrey, right. So he, they were trying him, you know, and maybe that was it. I don't know, you know, but, but the one thing, if anything, he showed effort. And uh, I want to make a comment today. I was watching a uh, good morning football this morning on NFL network. And I saw they had uh, the old Patriots GM and then Kansas city GM. I think it was Scott, uh, Scott Pioli. Pioli. Yep. Yeah. And he made it, he made a beautiful comment about um, cut day. And what he said, he said, you know, because he worked all levels of administrators from GM, player development, all that stuff, um, scout running around, you know, watching players on NFL scout side or the college scout side. And his comment basically was like, we know what this day is. You know, it's a tough day for players, but it's not necessarily mean their career is over. Like with this team. Yes. You know, with the team that I'm working for, if it was with the Patriots or with the Chiefs, as he said, with that team, yes, it's over. But you're still, you know, a viable option in terms that we might put you on a reserve list to, you know, hold you in waivers. So we make sure you have, we want you, we just want to take you off for a day or two, but within 24 to 48 hours, you're still going to be on a team. If it's not us, it's going to be somebody else because somebody else can't claim you. And so he, he just kind of expunged on the point of cut day is not the, the worst day in a player's career. Can it be? Yes. But it is other situations that payers get put in. Obviously, POP, PUP, um, veteran. And now what they said about practice squad players or practice squad having 16 players, 10 of them rookies, six of them veterans, those two to three year veterans that haven't got that time, like I mentioned earlier. So I thought that was an interesting um, take on things, because obviously when we we, we talk about this part of the training camp, we know it's like it's this what they uh, what was the, the Reaper, the Reaper's coming, <laughs> yeah. um, coming to you. And so, yeah. So he had, he had some good comments there. And his last comment was talking about when he was with the Cleveland Browns back in 1995. And he had to put down, he had to let Carl Banks know. And Carl Banks was a player that he he idolized and he enjoyed watching him play. So he said it was more, he said, I was more terrified to tell Carl Banks that, you know, we got we to gotta cut you, we got to move on, this, that, and the other. And he said the biggest thing that Carl took from that is that he said, Scott, you were honest with me. You told me straight up. We were cutting you, you know, this is not working out and whatever he else he added on there. He said, if anything, to the GMs, to the scout coordinators, whoever has to do that, sit down in front of the, the player to let that person know what's going on. Just be honest with him, you know, and then go from there. And because he said he still had conversations when he would see Carl. It's like that was that was one of the uh, conversations he remembered towards the end of his career. What do you think? They mean like when they say when they make those statements, though, I, I, I always get like I always roll my eyes a little bit because like, what do you mean? Be honest with you? like, hey, you're hey, they, the player said you were being honest with me. Well, yeah, you're cut. Right. Like, it was pretty easy. You know what I mean? Like they like they're, I always feel like right. the GM's trying to make himself look like a stand up guy where it's like, dude, that that it literally is your job. <laughs> and, and the fact is like, right. I have it. True. 
Well, the, the fact the fact is for for this uh, for this time of the year, look, the reason that the the average NFL career is like three three and a half years is not because of guys like you and me. It's because of guys like the guys that don't make it past year one, right? So there's a I mean there are a lot yeah. of people that are going their dreams are going to end if not today in the next week. And it's a sad reality of the sport. Right. It's a, it's a competitive business, and this is this is part of it. I, I do have a question for you though, Ag. Yeah. If you looking at our roster, and you had you know I I you rubbed the genie's lamp and you got one wish. You had one something on your wish list for week one. What would you add to or change about our roster right now? I add to. Change. In other words, if you um, need to, ch- if you think like, man, this position's just not working out for us. I need, I need depth here. I need a starter there. What, what is that position? Do you think? Oh man, that's a good question. I would have to say, well, first it pops off the. As soon as you said, as soon as I said, you said that, I thought about David Bakhtiari, Bakhtiari. Just yeah. get him in there. That's one thing I would be like, Genie, can David be healthy, a hundred percent to play ball? and get him, you know, he, he'll he be him, the guy we know. That's my genie wish right there because we know when he's in there, that part of the line of scrimmage from the run and the pass, coach players don't have to think about it. They know that that side of the offensive line is going to get their job done because obviously he communicates well with his teammate to his right side. So from that point on, that's my – I'll say that will be my genie wish out of the box going into week one. You know, that's and that's a, a very good one. And the only I think the only reason I might have a different take is just because I think Yash Naim has mm-hmm. done a really good job. And like I, he's he's not David Bakhtiari, but nobody, you know, you know there's only a couple of you know, a couple of him in the league. Right. The more, yeah, player I, the more player is different, right? The more I watch about the, the more I watch this team, the only the only glaring weakness that I see on this team right now, and I can't really speak for the secondary, the you know, the backup players in the secondary, but we do not have competent backup outside linebackers on this team right now. We do not. Yeah. I, we just don't. Right. And I, I think, Ignam, I think I agree. I think Mari might be like, he should move up to second team and get a chance to get some reps in because I, he's just got a little wiggle to him. He's, he's fast. We can, t- we, we can teach him how to play with better leverage, but there's just not guys like mm-hmm. the drop off between Preston and Rashawn and the, the backups is, is pretty big, man. And I, I can't really say that about other positions. Right, because you know, with that, that just shows you the level of play that those guys have. You know, True. They, they they set the bar so high, it's gonna be hard for those players to be them. You know, be that level. Um, what I say to those young players in that instant, like Kingsley uh, Eggerby, uh, Jonathan Garvin, hey, be you. Um, practice that technique. You know, make sure you you, you hit your assignment, whatever that um, ex, you know, whatever that responsibility is. You know, go there and do it. And be a solid tackler. I think we saw some plays in this last game too. A solid play in the tackling. It, it could have went 50 50 e ways, but most of most of the time, guys were getting guys to the ground. And that's one job as a defender you got to have. But I kind of agree with you. It is it's guys that are new name players. We don't really know them, obviously by name. But that's where this is their opportunity when they do get in there and make a name for themselves. <clears throat> let's let's get to trench warfare, man. Talk about the offense. Let's talk about the the, the, the people that we care about the most, man. These box seven players. Yes. Um, we got our, yes, our this this first unit was out there with, with Jordan Love, uh, and I think Taylor started the game. You know, a couple of plays against the first unit. Oh, running the, back, yeah. Yeah, the the defensive. Their, the first, the, excuse me, a couple of plays against their first defensive line. 
Um, I thought our offensive line in the run game got pushed around, quite frankly. Um, some backside things. You even see the first play of the game. Uh, they got pissed around on the backside. You know, Hanson is – I think Hanson's earned that opportunity to be the starting right guard. He's still got some work to do mm-hmm. on, like, two eye blocks, um, the back, which is the toughest block for him on the backside of the run. Um, you see that – you see, you know, Royce is – you know, Royce played last year and did some good things, but you can kind of see where there's – that he's got a lot of areas of opportunity – I think strength being one of them. Um, I think awareness. He missed a, he mm-hmm. missed a run through on a double team on an outside toss. That is hopefully is one is right. one of those things you just you you happens one time and then you're back in it. Um, I just think there's a lot of room for improvement in the run game as far as moving moving bodies off the ball. Our tight ends got beat up uh, in the run game. Dewara played fullback yesterday and just got his mm-hmm. you know hole checked. Um, Davis. Uh, yeah, Davis, I want to make a comment on that when his yeah, monitor. Da- yeah, yeah, da- Davis. We, I say he was the nail, not the hammer, right? But all these, yeah, all these guys. It. It's again, it's hard. It's hard to. It's you're watching these games and you, you're passionate about the game, and so it's hard to remember like, oh, we have Mercedes Lewis. Like it's okay, right? Because you still need to find that <laughs> other guy because Tony can't block, or at least he hasn't proven he can block yet. So you still no. need is is and right. we, kill, we want kind of DeGuar to be that guy, but man, it's time. Like you got to come be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like you said, DeGuar was more the nail, not the hammer. And that, and that is a whole being fullback. That's a whole different mindset. You know, you are very uh, say lacked in the opportunity to get the ball. Your job is to literally run into people um, to have that mindset. And to want to do that. Like I said, it's special players. I played with them. Um, you know, Will Henderson was one, but then back in, in, in Nebraska, Joel, Jeff McAvicka, Brian Schuster, those guys would epitomize the fullback. Every now and then we give them a nugget. You know, you give them a, a, a short yardage play or a screen play or even a pass off the backfield. But when you're going in that A gap, B gap, C gap, even outside zone plays, you got to have between the mindset is it, the thing we're talking about technique and footwork. Same thing, you know, like we we're talking about Jordan Love. It's all you know, a pad level thing, you know, you mm-hmm. lowest, lowest guy wins, you know, once you make contact, drive your legs. Cause if you make contact, you're just trying to make that big initial hit boom. And you don't, you don't sometimes, most of the time you're not going to move no guys because the guy is the same weight as you, you know, 250, 245, 255, somewhere in that range. So you got to hit and then run your feet to move and then move that guy out of the hole because you don't want to have a, a stalemate every time because stalemates for most running backs, if they're not using their eyes, then that running back is running out right up the fullbacks. But, um, and all that instance, and that's the same thing with the offensive lineman. You know, I, I know I know on the run one play in particular, it was probably probably the best play they had between uh, Goodson um, hitting a Tyler Goodson hitting the hole just right. But then every lineman, I, I mean, I took that play. It was a highlight film, you know, off of YouTube. But I able to I, I watched it right before we came on live here, and Tell I looked at touchdown? every offensive the touchdown. It was like a thirty-five yard run. Bro, I watched have you, every but, position. But, but, but AG, I watched, I watched, have you ever? Have you ever? got to run against that was damn near an empty box. That was four defensive True. linemen. That was four defensive linemen and no play side running back or linebacker. And the backside linebacker stacked outside the running back. It literally couldn't have been easy. Right. You right, know what I'm right. saying? Like, like, I, I, was I watched that film. I yeah. watched that film and I was like, AG, if AG ever got that, he might call timeout. He's like, you guys don't have enough people on the field. What's going on? Like that's what's crazy about defenses. That's what's crazy about defenses now. They're so worried about the pass that like that was damn near right. a four man box. I mean, it was a five man box, but just I, barely. 
Right. I'm watching Josh Myers. He's yeah. in the end zone. You know, even though he got to his block, like you said, light box, I like the fact that he's 20, he's 15 yards downfield cleaning up guys. But like you said, that's that should not happen in the NFL. That's stuff I remember at Nebraska where I'm running downfield and my tackles and guards are down to 50 yards with me. Talking about get to the end zone, dude. You know, it's like, so it was just impressive. You know, I'm trying to give the, I'm giving the guys a little nugget there because obviously they don't get a whole lot. They get criticized and they get broken down a lot. But with that play there and then Tyler Goodson, uh, Patrick Taylor too. Tyler had a, a hell of a game. He he ran the ball hard. He ran as that young player that we mentioned in the beginning, talking about training camp, last cut days coming up. He ran as he knew, you know what, this might be it for me. Let me give it all I got. Let me play hard. But he's played hard consistently all preseason. This wasn't this just this game. He had all his previous games, the Saints game, the uh, the first game of the preseason as well, was was like was ball was basically really good football for him, holding the ball, protecting the ball, yards after contact, picking up the blitz, things of that nature. So for me, I like him what he see what I'm seeing with him. And then Taylor, Patrick Taylor just seemed like he was more thinking a little bit too much out there, just going out there and playing ball. Well, with with that said, they cut Goodson this morning and made Taylor the third running back. So, so mm, mm-mm. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah, that's what I, I said. That's why I said. That's why Goodson I, was playing yeah. like a man, like his hair on fire, I'm and with, it makes I'm sense now. now. If he cut think, him, that makes sense. Both, anyway. both, both you and I. Are, well, here, I, I'm sure it's because of special teams. Like we, here's how this day goes for for fans out there listening. The person who has the most pull in the building today is the special teams coordinator. Everybody, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, running back room, everybody is going DB yeah. room. Yeah, all those coaches right. are going mm-hmm. to the special team coordinators room with candy baskets and ice cream and saying, Hey, I really like, <laughs> I really like Patrick Taylor. I really like Tyler, I, blah, 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 you know, trying to sneak like, Hey, is he doing, can he get the job done on special teams? Because the last 25 people on that roster are going to make the team because of special teams. Right. And so 100%. Uh, you know, when, yes, when, when you look right. at Patrick Taylor, I was, I would, I think the kid from Iowa could flat out play. I think he's a, I think he's a football player that he could help this team. I don't know how you'd use him with our two running backs because he's kind of like he's right. like a smaller Aaron Jones, really, right? So it's kind of you know, yeah, he is kind of going like, all right, what do I do with he's him? He's just a little bit more thicker. He's just a little yeah. bit more thicker than Aaron, but yes. Oh, is he bigger than same Aaron? Same size, same okay. height. He's, okay, just so, a little thicker, just a little bit. By, but he looked like about five pounds of weight more I, on him. I, Aaron but runs so hard height. sometimes. I think he's bigger than he is. But but, but my point true, being, like, true. Patrick Taylor has the edge on special teams, and that's probably why. The rookie gets cut, and hopefully they'll bring him back on practice squad. Maybe he's a, maybe he's a project, but yeah, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he got picked up either. Right, exactly. You just said, you know, this is how the ball goes, unfortunately. But like I said, he had that good film, mm-hmm. like we mentioned, and now that somebody on that in the, out there is going to see that film, the way he played, the way he hit the hole, the way he got upfield, stuff like that, pick up the blitz, and he 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 most likely is going to have a job here in the next week before. Uh, week one of the NFL kick uh, kicks off basically, and then we have uh, Degory and Davis. So, what's your take on um, those tight ends there in in the position where they potentially can be? Do we keep? Well, it, it, here's my real question because you know we see the Niners, we see the Ravens, okay. the Chiefs had one. Degory is probably on the team. He's a better player. He's shown more than Davis. Davis has a real hard time in the, in, in the run game, and we don't we just don't have another guy that can block. I think Dewar was at least, you know, we mm-hmm. saw last year, he's a willing blocker. I don't know if he's a great participant right now, especially at the fullback position. I don't understand mm-hmm. because the way they run this offense, the way the Shanahan offense is run, 
does it make sense to keep a fourth tight end or just hire a fullback? Like, why aren't we just hiring a fullback? Why don't we just call a guy? There's, there's so many fullbacks out there that are happy to do the dirty work. Right. Just put one on the team. They'll run specials. They don't ask for the ball. You know what I mean? It's like, for me, it's such a no-brainer. Yeah, they don't expect the ball. Yeah, because it, you look at it, do we keep a fourth tight end like Davis? And, like, I'm not bad-mouthing the kid, but if it's if it's me personally, you go, okay, what is the value here? The value on, you know, can we who can who's going to do a better job on special teams? Probably the fullback, just from a violence standpoint, mm-hmm. right? Okay, yep. who's going to do a better job in the run game? Definitely the fullback. Is Davis going to be involved 100%. as the fourth tight end in the passing game? I mean, is that is that how you think about it? Because if I would think about it the other way and go, well, shoot, man, I'll, just, I'll go hire a fullback, put him on special teams, be really happy with that. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I agree. You know, I feel like the fullback can all do what the tight end does because of catch and block off the ball, you know, in terms of, you know, that part, that position. But then when you have to line them in in an I formation or have them offset and then come downhill into the A gap or B gap or even outside, you know, pitch play or anything like that, he can he can cover that. And he, he's most likely one of those players that could do a little bit of everything. He's, you know, with, with like Cusett out in 49ers who once was a Raven. You know, he gets, um, you know, I think he went free agent to 49ers, but he does all that. And then he once you get him every now and then you give him a nugget, you give him the ball, and he's going to do something with it. And so just finding those players, having a guy like that is, I say, is a bonus because then, you know, OK, I have a guy I could, get, I could go into the, the muck of things, into the A and B gap and move people. And then also I might I could sneak him out the backfield for a pass here and there. And yeah. throw the defense off, you know, in the in the plays that Matt LaFour liked to call. AG, you know, if like the ratio of blocking to giving the fullback a ball is like it could be two hundred to one. You know, you just get every yeah. every three every that. every three games. If you give him the ball every three games, he'll just go, Oh, I'm a like I'm a superstar. Thank I feel you. I feel ten feet tall again, you know. <laughs> hey, before we get out of the yep. offensive side, the one thing I want to bring up two things. One I really like yeah. the way Josh Nyman plays. Like he, I know he, when Bakhtiari comes yes. back, he's he's not going to he's not going to start for this team because there's nowhere to put him. Really, I mean, I guess he could play. You know, I just the, the numbers start make not making a lot of sense to me. That kid can play. He's only going to get better. I don't know if he's not trade bait next year in 2023. If Bakhtiari is healthy and you know they don't see him, they don't see him as like the the imminent um, uh, replacement. You know, if Bakhtiari's got another three, four, five years left in him. I don't know what they do with him because he's he's a good play. He could play. He can start in this league, I think, in another year or two. And then the other thing is Zach Tom. Yeah, we talked about him on we talked about him on the uh, on the show a couple times now. Like I just really think the yep. ceiling is high for that kid. I'd love to get and work on his stance. I'd love to work on maybe his pad level a little bit. But you could just see the athleticism, the way that he can finish in the run game. He's, you know, he's just, he looks like he's picking mm-hmm. things up really quick. He passes games off well, but he just moves at a different level than some of the other guys. And it's just going to, it's going to, you know, kind of blossom, I think, over the next couple of years. It'd be fun to watch. Yeah, he just definitely looks like a young talent that is now, boom, oh, this is the, oh, I get it now. And he's just going out there being comfortable and playing with him in himself there. So, you want to get down here to this uh, defense side in this yeah, Chiefs game here? Yeah, the defense. Like they played against the, the the box players played against the first offensive line for the for the Chiefs. They've got a good offensive line. Um, you see that we get we get rolled up a little bit again. We talked about the outside linebackers, and I know why they got a holding call, mm-hmm. but let's really let he you know he was manhandling our guy. Um, Wyatt's got a ton of talent. And you can see it, and you see it the first down, or yeah. the first third down play. Like he can rush the passer, 
right now he's to me he's a third down three technique because he plays too high mm-hmm. he doesn't have technique to hold up in the run game um he's not really good when you put him at a two eye or a two because he runs into the center he has moves on the outside and he's gonna show like you just see the talent like he's gonna show flashes but yeah you know the question is uh, how long or what does he have to show you knowing what we have that we haven't shown yet as far, as far as our first team goes, like what does he have to show you to earn a spot on like the third down package? Because you think about Dean Lowry last year, oh. Dean Lowry is not a great pass rusher, but Dean Lowry right. pushed the pocket last year and that helps Gary and that helps exactly. Kenny Clark and that helps Preston Smith. So what does this kid have to show to beat? Cause right now, all I would say was, Hey, put him in a third down every once in a while, see what he can do. What does he have to show to earn that in that room? I say, yeah, I would say right now, just uh, what you just said about Dean Lowry, have a high that high effort and then push the pocket, you know, push that get penetration upfield to then, you know, disrupt the guys that are blocking, you know, Kenny Clark, um, who else is on there? Uh, Jaron Reed, who's going to be on the de- defensive line, who, you know, pushing those guys around, Persis Smith helping his position out. So if he gets up in that middle field, cause problems, be a disruptor, um, middle of D lineman. I remember guys that created problems by getting upfield on us that I was like, oh man, that's that, that's not good. <laughs> you know, either pass picks. pro or even run it. Exactly. Pressure me equals pick. So I say just do that. Have that motor and just have that, you know, biggest open minded say, hey, be coachable to get more plays out there. Mike Flanagan last week he said I said, who's the hardest guy you ever play against? And he and he, it was like so Mike and I are kind of built the same, right? So it's going to be like a big, right. tall. And he goes, Chris Jenkins, and I go, well, he's my favorite. You know, he's my guy. Oof. And and but his but number two was ah, yes, I Albert. Chris. I Do you remember two years? Albert Hainsworth just decided he was going to be the was best player in the league. Yeah, there was like two yeah, years of contract like here. Bull in the China shop. Yeah, he was unbelievable. But going going back to our team, you know, we've got we just have talent everywhere. You know, we we talked about it. Um, Tipa didn't play. Forty didn't play this this week. I don't know if he's guaranteed a spot on the team. That I don't was know linebacker, why he was. right? Yeah, yeah, he's he's the outside linebacker. Outside that, yeah. He's played first and second. Young we, guy. We were kind of always talking like, you know, he needs to develop. He needs to develop. Um, Fifty three was in. Kobe Jones was in. Ladarius Hamilton was in this this week. You know, none of these guys are really good at rushing the passer. And again, that that's kind of where I keep going back to as far as what how are we going to manufacture pressure when. Our yes. starters aren't just, in, you know, um, and and that's rest. always, that's always going to be, I think that's going to be the question mark. And that's always going to be kind of the, what's hanging over this, um, this draft class, because we had the chance to, to pick the uh, Florida state kid. When we picked up Quay Walker and Quay, listen, Quay made some tackles mm-hmm. in this game that he's supposed to make. You know what I mean? Like he made, you know, he made some tackles yep. in the flat when, you know, the ball's not great, you know, it wasn't a great throw or anything, but he makes a couple of tackles that he's supposed to make. He's, you know, he's got a long ways to go as far as, as far as like button up guys, uh, button up guards and being able to take on blocks. And, but he, like, you can see he's right. developing, you see the talent, it's going to be there. Is he going to be a difference maker in year one? I don't know, but you know, that pass rush is always so, so important. Chris Hovan said it in a, in a huddle one time on NFL films, man, pressure equals picks. And like, it's from an offensive line standpoint, at least like that, that is our ultimate fear. Yeah. You don't want that quarterback in the NFL, NFL level quarterback that's top 10 comfortable in that pocket. You want him very uncomfortable where he's frustrated. If he's even, if you get him to the level where he's yelling at his old line and receivers to catch the ball, you got him because yep. then now you, you're getting him off his comfort zone 
where he's not comfortable, where he's dropping three, three step, four step, five step, and a skip, you know, a hitch and getting that ball out, then you're doing your job as a defense to make sure he does not get comfortable, like I said. So uh, we're headed down. Who we got here? AJ, when we talk about Quay Walker, about? going back to him, because he is the first pick in the, you know, for, for us in this draft. You know, as we watch yep. this, Isaac, we've seen Isaiah. Like, first of all, we know Devondre Cam is an all pro. Isaiah McDuffie has played very well. Now, Ronald Ronald Jones yeah, checked him in the hole. And Ronald Jones checked him and Quay Walker in the hole, dragged him, right? But Isaiah McDuffie's right. played really well. We love Chris Barnes plays well. Um, both of them, like if if again, I'm the guy who has to block these guys. Both of them have outplayed Quay Walker. Now I, I know that there might be some past things that you know he can do. Both of them can are are better today than Quay Walker is. Does athleticism alone justify reps that from uh, over those two veteran players that are outplaying him? And and again, mm-hmm. I'm not bad mouthing Quay right. Walker. I'm just telling you the other two are better right now as of today. Yeah, uh, athletic ability, no. Um, Because you got to need that technical side of it. You know, how you use your hands, how you understand offenses. If you could read a formation, but like kind of have an idea, an intuition where the ball may may be going defensively. You know, what's coming at you? Oh, is this a run? This is situational. Oh, man, it's third and five. So what can they do? You go down the list of plays. It could be a run. It could be a play act. So you got to have that ability all day. You know, you could be up the field fast, get a sack real easy. But then now situational football has to kick in then the ability's out the door. And that's where, you know, talent from college level, when they get to the NFL level, they find out, oh, man, I, you know, I was beating them the whole game. And then finally this situation popped up. It was a special situation. It was third and long or third and medium. And I thought I was going to get the sack, but that tackle did this to me. Or the tight end, you know, buzzed out and did something different that I never saw before because mm-hmm. it just wasn't in his mindset for experience. So I say that experience side will then trump um, being very athletic at your position. Yeah, I agree, and that, and that kind of goes to the 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 bigger kind of maybe question mark of of the team right now is how do these you know, the first round picks and then a guy like Eric Mari who's kind of showing flashes of hey, he he could turn out to be a really good player he's, he certainly has the athleticism what are the expectations like if you're if you're a starter on this team or you're a, a huge contributor on this team like what what kind of expectations can you have for these young players are we just hoping that they continue to show kind of flashes of brilliance as they kind of come along, what is usually a rocky road. Like I don't think any one of these guys is walking in like Aaron Donald year one. No, no, no. What you want to see from a young player like that, you just want to make sure that if one, their ability, why we noticed them in college and why they're on this team comes out. And then as either a veteran or a coach to say, okay, that ability is there. What you did at so-and-so university, boom, great. You're doing that. Now let's mold. Now you got to, this is the NFL level. Now you got to learn this, this, and this about your position for you to be on this higher level because just your ability is not going to get you there. So you got, you know, then as a young player, okay, coach, got to tune in now. I can't go off. Oh, yeah, man, I got this, man. I'm a, physically, I'm better. Hey, that physicalness is going to be eventually on the down, on the decline eventually. Once you hit 30, it's going to go downhill. So you want to make sure you have that, that mental side of the game as well. And be coachable. Number one, be coachable all day. <clears throat> so I think the I last know, thing, you know, we talk about oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say the last thing is you know, you talk about our defense just in general, and we really just haven't seen a lot of starters, but you we talk about the talent and we I mean we have talent at every mm-hmm. level. I'm talking about the first team guys, we have talent at every level. Our secondaries is as good 
with Alexander back as maybe they've ever been, seeing the emergence of Rasul Douglas and what he brings. We have Stokes yeah. on the other side now. We have safeties that are that are proven. You know, we talk about Savage all the time, but we, there are proven safeties. We have all pros at every level now, or guys that are potential all pros at every single level. Mm-hmm. So last year we talked about this defense a lot and the coverages they were playing was kind of a bend but don't break scenario. With the guys that are coming back with the emergence of guys like Rashawn Gary, like where can we realistically look at our defense, realistically look at our defense and say, like, we can either make, like, this is where we expect you to be at the end of the year or AG, like, where can we make a jump as far as are we going to create more turnovers? Are we going to get more three and outs? Like, what do you see them improving on Mm -hmm. from last year, given the fact that we've got some of these players coming back and, and some others developing? Yeah, I mean, but what I say the biggest thing, you know, obviously with the defensive front, with Clark in there and causing problems along with Preston and uh, Gary, I say that back end, having Zaire, Zaire healthy along with the other safeties that are back there in DBs and then not being that bend but don't break defense. Um, because that's a thing for a team that's on the rise. If you're going to be that defense at the top, you don't, you don't bend. You don't break. There's no bend on. It's an attack mode. We're in attack mode. Exactly. Exactly. It's three and out. You know, every time the team gets the ball, the most, the biggest drive is a six play drive. And then boom, they're punting. It's not getting to the red zone because bend don't break is getting to the, letting them get to the end zone, either holding them a three or you um, get a turnover then. But a top end defense will shut you down before you even get past the 50, even if you get past the 50. That's the that's the top end defenses. So having that back end, making up, make those get take away those mistakes from games last year. You know where sometimes they would think I think with Savage would lose coverage responsibility on either a player or his zone if it was you know zone to man, um, and then just being aware and just talk because defense that's where you could really you gotta you know talk out loud and be aware because I remember coaching my linebackers a few years ago even though it's a high school level but yeah I, I'll tell them when y'all have when we're sitting in a cone. A uh, zone three, uh, zone four, cover four, cover three. We got to talk because we got to say in and in. That means guys in and out of zone. You got to make that verbal because we're looking at the quarterback because it's a zone coverage. We're not looking at receiver. We are aware of the receiver because they're passing through each another uh, player's zone. But you got to chatter. Hey, guys, coming your way. Guys, coming your way. You know, let that know. And I say that that right there. Just be communicative and be like I said. Again, again, be coachable to one another in that defensive back or in that defense as a whole. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, given the talent that they have, given the experience that they have, and, and I think given the confidence that they have, it'll be really interesting, at least from, from my perspective, to see what the defensive, what Joe Barry decides, how he, like, what the makeup of that team is, what, what the makeup of that defense is, how they want to approach each and every situation, right? Like, are we going to be, are we going to turn in, mm-hmm. are we going to try to be like the, you know, the 2010 Baltimore Ravens? Are we going to try to be that kind of team? Like, do we have that kind of capability? Because, I, I mean, they have, yep. they have so much talent. It's the most talent they've, I've ever seen on a defense in, in Green Bay, at least as long as I've been watching. And, and you, 100%. You just, I'm yeah, you just go, you. If, it's, if, if the mentality is we are going to just shut people down and it's going to be a punt or a turnover, you know, every time out, then they could be something really special. But in the league now, we see, hey, we're going to make you – Go the distance. We we're gonna we're gonna be bembered, don't break. We're gonna give up yards, but we're not gonna give up big plays. And I'll just be interested to see if we're willing to take a little more hard line to it because of the talent we have. But time will tell, right? Yeah, time will tell. You gotta, you know, as a coach, make that hard line decision there. So let's get into get off my lawn here. And we got some interesting uh factoids and 
headlines. And I saw this first one. Aaron Rodgers talks to Joe Rogan, which I don't think is never good to talk to Joe Rogan. Um, oh, but it's probably fun. Joe, I, <laughs> it's I probably mean, a fun conversation. Yeah, his shows. He's got some interesting guests. And he's got, you know, I mean, listen, the guy's controversial, but you know, he's he's certainly he's certainly got some things to say. Um, Aaron Rodgers goes on yeah. and talks about the vaccination saga from last year. And he, they had a, a multi-hour conversation. Oh. They talked about a bunch of stuff, but this was certainly one of them. And how he was, you know, he had he had pre-planned, of course, his discussion with the media, and he was going to say he was um, uh, immunized, and, immunized, and, and, yeah, immunized, immunized. And, not, and not and not uh, and not say the word vaccinated, and then be able to go into it and have these discussions. And Aaron's a very smart guy. He, you know, he has an answer for everything. Oh yeah. Um, and you just it, it'll be interesting. But he kind of he kind of went. He went all in on how people were treating him, how the media treated him, how people he thought that, you know, were on his side, you know, how everybody made him a bad guy. He, you know, the, the term scorched earth is something that might be used with the way that he discussed some of the, the, the relationships and everything with, with, with members of the media and members of the NFL and, 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 the, yeah. and, and the way that NFL organizations were treating potential free agents and, and people that they were thinking about cutting or not cutting and the way that they were treating things in the building, as far as, you know, if, if, if you're not vaccinated, then we're, you know, it was, here's how we're segregating the groups. And it just was very kind of awkward. Yeah. It was, it was at the very least it was an interesting discussion, but I don't know if I care at all, but, but it was, it was an interesting discussion <laughs> to hear what was actually going on. Cause you think about it, trying to put yourself in that situation, it would be very hard to operate normally at the highest level when you're separated yes. in the weight room, you're separated in the hallway, you're wearing a mask and other people. I mean, all these things. And yeah, it is everybody's choice, but like to his point, I think he was. Um, I think his 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 complaint was, "Hey, listen, I'm allergic to the uh, the vaccination. I can't take it. So here's here's my results." But anyways, I don't know if you saw any, but I thought it was interesting. No, I, I heard bits and pieces of it, but yeah, definitely. Like the last statement you just said, being allergic. I know. I think my wife was. She couldn't, you know, with some of the stuff that was in there. She couldn't do. I think a lot of people probably had that uh, case. But I say being here in town. Um, even you know before that conversation, other conversation from last year, because it wasn't just the immunized to him, his free agents, you know, he'll contract thing last year too. It was a couple of things going on. So being in town, you I caught word really of you know stuff he was he was unhappy about, you know, from the organization, from the media. And as a player, I can relate and have that and have those same type of feelings because obviously, you know. The media, we, as we know, they try to control everything we do as class, as professional athletes. They try to make sure they try to take our narrative instead of us tell our story. Um, and that's what I like about Aaron. He, he you know, even though it's something I wouldn't do, but he has, as we know, being a quarterback, you just have that extra layer of protection a little bit. But he was able to state his mind, his likes and dislikes. And you say, like you said, very smart. So he knows how to present it and then, you know, deliver it to everyone. Um, and I got it, you know, I was like, yeah, he's not happy, you know, in, in terms of the team, but then stuff like this too. I'm like, for me with this side of it, I'm with you. This is his business, how he had his business. That's on him. But with all the, everything else from the, the contract and him not wanting to be here and whatever, I'm like, that's for one, that's his stuff. But I get it because I was a former player with the Packer organization and sometimes communication wasn't fluent. And so you didn't know what, how they were thinking about you as a player or what, you know, in terms of negotiating, getting back on the roster, things of that nature. So definitely can relate on that aspect. And it was very, like I said, happy to hear him really voice his opinion and get all his, uh, what was on his brain, what is on his mind, get it all out.
Yeah, I think the only the only thing that was interesting, uh, the other part that was interesting for me too was was that despite uh, you know media reports to the contrary, everybody in the building knew exactly what his status was. You know that we everyone was acting like oh he's, he's betraying his teammates and this and that. Like everybody knew what his status was, and and when you start thinking about it rationally, you go, well of course they do because you have to fill out a card and but you have to you have to show proof of vaccination just like you do everywhere else but anyways the story's in the past but i thought it was right. interesting this story happened last week and ag i saw it i saw the okay. video okay so <laughs> a man took a not one but two helmets off two different people and started beating them with it that is a bad dude. Like we, oh, Aaron Donald, he's swinging helmets. And first of all, there's two things I wanted to bring up on this, and I know this is an unpopular opinion. One, right? I would much rather get hit with a hollow plastic helmet over the head than Aaron Donald's fist every day of the week. Anytime. Okay? Yeah. Anytime. And all you guys are complaining about getting hit with a helmet. Yeah, a helmet hurts. I'll tell you firsthand, it hurts, and it, nothing like Aaron Donald's fist. Okay, that hollow helmet, plastic helmet, fist. First, Bro, that's, the, that's, no. that's number one. Man. So all of this other right. swing it, deadly weapon, blah, 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 blah. The other two is, <laughs> if you were going to tell me, Mike, you're going to go to a practice today. If you pay $10, I'll let you go to this practice. And there's a dude there that is such a bad dude that when other people start popping off, like Leo Collins did, the right tackle for the Bengals, right? From the, you know, the Cowboy, right, right. Cowboys guy. Starts yeah, cheap he shot with the people. Cowboys, right? Yeah. This dude is going to go over. He's going to tear the helmets off of two of the opposing team and start hitting them with it. I would go, where do I sign up? I'll pay any amount of money you want to say. I mean, that is an amazing – because Pop these corn. are all grown men that we know are tough guys. And this dude is like yes. – this dude is the ultimate warrior. Like WWE it's hitting all. the turnbuckle. Coming off like, the top this dude rope. is an yep. absolute animal, rope. man. Like what a stud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. I, when I saw the video – this is before I think before we jumped on the plane going to Ireland. I was like, well, I'm like, oh, okay. And it, was, and it was usual because I always saw this yeah. being a running back. And I was like, why are you running towards that? I see people running towards that. You know, some of them obviously going to help their teammates, but that's like, why would you want to run to a guy who is strong as all get out and he's swinging helmets vicious and violently and he's already connected on a couple times, <laughs> you know? How did you um, get like, I'm two not helmets off? Ag, you've seen fights. Right. You've been a part of fights. Even, How do you get yes. two helmets? I, one helmet I can get. How do you get two? Hey, he's got some strong. He got some strong hands. He, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I say. Because after um, the first one, I'd be like, like if I, let's say I got my helmet on, and he takes I don't know right. Joe Schmo's helmet off and starts beating him with it. I'm going like, man, I better make sure this thing's all buckled up before I get myself yeah, in I'm there. Yeah, you know I'm mean? I'm buttoning. Like, I'm buttoning it up. And that was the other thing. I'm like, if it is, if I am within five yards of the helmet swinging, helmet, my helmet is on. Yeah, I'm not walking in there with my helmet off or half on. So it's going to get knocked off. Some media you know? guy, so, I forgot who it was. Some media guy was like, "Well, they need to have a policy. You need to have a helmet on during these joint practices." And I'm like, "I'm like, are you? Do you? Do you think really? these guys were walking over there with their helmets off? Like he removed those no. helmets from those people's bodies. Like that's that's what happened. That that is a, uh, that dude is a uh, bad yeah. man." He is a bad man. Yeah, he's a bad man. He's a bad man. But uh, for my worst fight, I know it's the next question of this. The worst fight I saw during my time, <laughs> it involves you oh. and KGB, his man. rookie year, and years after that. Every time I looked over at the O-line, D-line, one-on-one drill, 
I remember one time I look over and I see you, 68, you on a knee and you're just pummeling 94. <laughs> I'm like, what is so going on? I beat him. I'm like, oh, I, my. I hit him so hard one day I broke his tooth, okay? This right. Funny, I just, and, and oh. It was just one of those deals where, like, we're not in pads, and like, you know, he was a bull rusher. He yeah, y'all, it was just helmet. It was just so helmet. We, so we, just, just we were like throwing, and I busted him under his under his helmet, and I hit him in the chin. I busted his tooth, and so you know, it's over. And like, you know, offense, we're all laughing, but and then a helmet goes flying by my head. You talking about like he took his helmet off and threw it at me? <laughs> oh, he. Oh, that that wasn't smart. That was oh, well, no, a smart that guy, point, but that see, wasn't that wasn't a smart moment. But we're not like you know Flanagan, Mark, like. Tauscher, like we're all just kind of like laugh. We, you know, it's over. Fight, yeah, fight, yeah, fight, yeah, yeah. And then it's over. I remember Flanagan got in a fight with a guy. I can't remember who it was, but like he was. Right. By the time he got back to the huddle, he was laughing. Like there was no like this. There's just lack of anger. Like fighting wasn't like it. It wasn't like that. I'm not holding a grudge. Not a tough guy. We just all oh, we got to fight right now. Okay, ha. And then and then it's and then it was over. But man, it's yeah. And it's he, over. Yeah, yeah KG, it's over. KGB yeah. man, he was uh, he's a different cat. He's a yeah. different cat. He told me. I I remember. I remember talking about that with him. Well, not that fight in particular, but he just like because I was his roommate on the road, and so he would be like, "Amon, he's like Amon, you got to help me out with this." <laughs> That's his approach. Then I'm like, "What?" So he said, "He said every day the offensive line, either Mike Wall or Marco or Mike Flanagan, they just beat on me." I said, "Man, fight back." You can fight back, you know that, right? He said they're just testing you, and or they, it's whatever. But they're not going to hold it. It's not a grudge thing. They just, if you, you know, throw a punch, you you call them off guard. They're going to throw a couple punches. You throw it's okay. Don't he was think one of those guys. Protect he yourself, was, bro. He was one Protect of those yourself. guys that we'd be in like no pads, and he would like, but he'd take like the second 100%. team tackle, and he'd like bull rush him under his like under his pillow pads and like dump him, and then so we'd all get mad. Yeah. And it's like, dude, why don't you like, well. Sorry for another day. He but didn't like, understand. That, yeah, he, he that 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 part of it he didn't get. Like he in his mind, he's like completely innocent. It's like, no, dude, we're we're not. That's not the game. We're no, playing. you can't do that. Yeah, yeah, you got. Yeah, for this next one, get off my line. You got to explain this one. This one okay. it looks like something out of a, so a Paul movie. Pog, that, so uh, Paul Pogba is a he's a, a international soccer superstar. Played for um, Juventus. Okay. Went to Man U. Now he's back at Juventus. And I guess this like this crime syndicate was trying to. Uh, was trying to blackmail him and saying they're going to release all this information, make, make him look like a bad guy. And they got okay. his brother Matthias to get in on it. So this guy, his brother's like trying to blackmail him. And like part of this stuff, like I read, you're reading it like, ah, oh, whatever. So he's a France uh, international, like world cup winning soccer player. Right. So right. I guess at some point the Matthias guy, his brother says, Hey, we're going to release this story that says that you hired a witch doctor to cast a spell on Killian Mbappe, who right now is like the best player in the world, the French international. He's a, yeah, he's like, a cover a witch doctor. You're like, what, yeah. like, what are we even talking about right now? Like, and, and you just, like, I, I think like, Paul Pogba put out a statement like, okay, like if you think anybody's going to buy that nonsense, go for it. Like, is that the best you can come up with? Right. There's got to be some like, better dirt than a witch doctor. Exactly. I'm like, am I watching uh, the script for Beetlejuice here? Yeah, it's like the worst. That's like the hey, this is a headline should have been like worst thief or worst criminals ever threatened witch doctor story on Paul Pogba. You know what I mean? Like, oh, AG, what if I came to you? I was like, AG, you give me a million dollars, or I'm going to tell everybody that you cast tried to cast a spell on Mark Tauscher with a witch doctor. You'd be like, okay, let's go ahead. Like, I'm that, like, go ahead. Yeah. I said, tell yeah. me how that goes for you. Yeah. That's all I want to know. How does that go for you? Unbelievable. I'm, I'm going to ask you that. 
All right, man. man. Listen, we got to get to it. We got to get to it. We got to get to it. We here. Let's talk about Scott Frost. So my man, man, my old teammate here and his uh, his coaching staff. I'm a big fan of Yeah, that's true. That's true. He was a great That's right. He was a Green Bay Packer for two years or two and a half or one and a half. And uh, he was a safety here. But, Mm -hmm. yeah. A game watching it, Mike, and, you, and I'm pretty sure you caught wind of it. You watched it. If not, you saw highlights. Um, game was pretty much neck and neck. Second quarter, we take a two score lead. This is when I'm. This is when it went downhill. From you know, obviously for the obvious reasons, and just like the second quarter, you have momentum. Your defense is playing okay, but not like like we we're talking about earlier about the Packers defense. You kick an onside kick, you, and you just well, you're up two scores. So you're giving a team that is actually, yeah, that's like, that's what I did. I said, what is going on? Cause I'm in my phone. Like, I'm like, okay, in my head, okay, they just scored momentum. I go to my cell phone to check messages. I'm thinking the ball's getting kicked off. So it's nothing for me to look at. It's just a kickoff. And my wife hits, she nudges me like, he just get an onside kick. So when my wife realizes what he just did and is like, I'm like, she's like, what was that about? And so that just says a whole lot. When my wife tells me, who is a football fan, you know, you know, I say she's not, but boom, it's like, okay, it's a problem because she's bringing it up to me. And it's like, there's no, I mean, I thought it all like the first five minutes after the fact, I'm like, what scenario would tell me as a coach with a two score lead, a pretty good team, you know, then you can't write Northwestern off. They got a good head coach, good coach. Nebraska staff. is supposed to beat Northwestern, though. Let's be real clear about that. Hundred, yes, hundred percent. Nebraska should win right. twenty nine out of thirty times, right? We beat them in Lincoln last year. I was at this game, fifty six to seven. Okay. okay, so when we so say whatever like when we say since, what expectations are, this is this was we were seventy. What's the book? The book says whatever seventy six percent to win. Okay. And so me, and then after the game, bro, after the game, I was with older players that some of the older players like Steve Taylor, Tyrone Bird, they they hang out with the boosters. Like they know them personally, the boosters of the university. And then they, they like, he's gone. They like, he's gone right now, first week. <laughs> I'm like, look, I'm like, it's I'm disappointed too. But I you know, I don't know that stuff, but it just it's just crazy. Crazy, okay, crazy, so th- crazy. then here's the other question. The part, and I, one more, one more, one more, one more thing. Right, one more thing that I'll let you go. One more thing. The last thing is not only like I'm like he's a teammate. I know him, but in his comments afterwards, he's throwing his offensive that? coaches under the bus. He basically said, not verbatim, but in this way, mm-hmm. uh, our offensive coaching staff doesn't know how to call plays. From the plays I saw in the game, the guy you hi- you hired all the guys, right? Like he didn't get the grandfather exactly. in. Oh. No, he hired these guys, and he says that in a quote after, during his press conference. <clears throat> so now I'll let you go. I just wanted to throw that in there. That's, like, I, that, that actually I'm, makes it a lot worse. You know, like you can right. excuse, you can always excuse a mistake in play calling, just like you can excuse a mistake on the field. What you can't yeah. excuse ever is pointing the finger at one of your staff members or a group of your staff members when things aren't going well, yeah. just like it's not okay to point the finger at, at your players when things aren't going well. Right. Like what less fingers, more thumbs, yes. right? Less fingers, more thumbs. Yep. Now my question was, and now it's actually a serious question is where's the suggestion box to put uh, Amon green as the, the next head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. When do we get, when do we hey. get to that point? Who do we have to talk to? Let's start a day. We can campaign. talk to, 
Start, we can start a campaign. I don't know who to talk to, but we can start a campaign. I'm telling you, who's <laughs> It'll be a whole bunch of Husker fans that. Yeah. Uh, Trev Edwards, former player, has you probably played? Uh, well, here we go. By our time. Here we go. Yeah, you heard it here first. We're yep. starting the campaign. Amon Green is the next Nebraska head coach. 2022 and a half, maybe 2023. Oh, we'll see. Maybe we'll see. Listen, yeah, I'll we got take one assistant. new segment. I'll, I'll AZ, take a <laughs> AZ, we got one more segment now, and I I, I put. Yeah, this I in saw here this. I like this. I, I knew we were gonna. I knew we were gonna talk about uh, something that was gonna upset you. The Nebraska game. So I wanted to put in the hero of the week, and the hero of the so week this week is it, is it is it D, well is it DC Comics thing? I know you're a comic book fan. So Ezra yep. Miller, who's the Flash in the new DC, you know, mm-hmm. the Justice League movie. Great actor. He he he's had a couple of mis- mishaps. Let's be honest, yep. the guy's acting like a, a goddamn crazy person for the last six months. He's out of his mind, right? The things that if he's done yeah. when they hit the papers, you're just like, this this can't even be real. He's just acting like a complete fool. But he's been jailed multiple times. But now he's him and yep. his agent went and flew and talked to the DC guys because they they actually threatened to turn this movie off. They're, they're like, just like the Batgirl movie, they're like, we're not even going to release The Flash, even though it's got Michael Keaton as Batman and parallel unit. I mean, it's got all this stuff going on. It's right. supposed to be the bridge to this new multiverse deal. It should be unbelievable. It should be awesome. I'm really, I was really excited to see it. So, my hero of the week is Ezra Miller, believe it or not, for saying, "Hey, look, I got some problems I'm trying to deal with. I'm going to go meet with the DC guys and try to get this movie out." Are you excited to see the movie? Yes, I'm excited and disappointed, like you said, if they see Batgore put on Batgirl after they spent ninety million dollars, Mike. Dude, you know how bad they that had movie spent must ninety. Have been. You know how bad that exactly. Movie must it's have been. like you spent ninety million dollars and you shelve it, and that and then not only you know you know what else gets shelved in that poor Scooby Doo. They had a Scooby Doo movie too, and Scooby Doo gets shelved right next to Batgirl. I can, like, see, I can see both. Of Here's what I don't understand, Ag. Maybe you can explain this in in, in briefly. Is what is it right. about DC? Is it the characters, or what is it about their storytelling that makes their movies not as uh, popular, lack of you know, famous, enjoyable, whatever it is? Like they're just not as good. Right. The new Batman was great. There's been Batman movies that are good. It was, but it like was the good. Justice League movie, good. Batman versus Superman, Man of Steel, they're okay, but they're not nearly as good as some of the Marvel movies. Why? It, it starts with the studio. Starts with management up top. It's unfortunate, you know, that Warner Brothers, the people who run it, with Zach's like for example, prime example, Zach Snyder, when he did, I was, you know, I was fortunate enough to be in a be a stand in on a movie on the script. I mean, on the scene, he did Don, a Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, mm-hmm. cut it, post produced it, boom, 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 ready for, ready to go out in the theaters and production said or management says, cut it down to three hours. He, I guess it was four and a half hours. They didn't want a four and a half hour superhero movie. But then what happened four, four, five, ten years later? That same well, Justice League, which was also cut up, that looked weird. People didn't understand it. Same thing. Production said too long of a superhero <laughs> movie. People are not. I'm like, people watch Lord of the Rings right. three hours. Star you could have made it two movies. Three and a half hour. Exactly. Well, Zack Snyder cut of Justice um, League was really good. That's one. That. Zack Snyder. Right. And so Zack good. Snyder. He released he releases Justice League almost ten years um, um, about five six within five years of it the original coming out that studio told him to edit down so he he said you know what I'm gonna go a fan I'm gonna go to the fans and in the comic book world fans can rule because yeah. they just have that pull and that's what he did he did like a little campaign like we just did with myself and being a coach head coach in Nebraska he did that with the Justice League movie nice plug. and boom nice plug. it got produced. 
Like, there you go. And so it starts there. Um, and then just the whole look of it. So DC is competing, obviously, with Marvel, with Disney now, which that is a tough matchup, you know. <laughs> that basically was like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. We have Marvel and DC or Marvel and Disney together and DC over here by themselves. You know, they're just Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. And so with that type of experience, because we know Disney, they hit the family, they hit the debt demographic, the young kids and all that. And now they're bringing up Stanley at the time when he was alive, working, writing with his writers and producers. You got all that. And the storytelling side of it is where they just missed out on it. Because this whole, where we're talking about the Flash, Batgirl, Justice League, all started back when, when during Dawn and Justice, Zach was going to make his movie to connect all the dots. It was supposed to be Flash right after that. And then Cyborg was going to get his own movie. And then Wonder Woman would get her two movies. But we saw just the opposite. We saw Wonder Woman first. Then we saw Aquaman. And we never saw The Flash. And we never saw Cyborg. So missing those two movies, introducing the Justice League characters as a full, you know, they just did Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. You missed out on. And then Aquaman, you missed out on Cyborg. And you missed out on Flash. And you missed out now People are going to that don't read comic books are going to think otherwise because they don't understand the whole multiverse thing that's about to happen in both universes for comic books. So that's the two problems with DC trying to compete with uh, with uh, Marvel and Disney. Basically, it just seems like because the com like if, if you're a comic book fan, you know maybe you like DC more than Marvel, but the comic books are this. I mean, you know they they write the comics. We write comics. They're not that much better than than. But but the right. it's got to be. It seems like DC should go just hire whoever the hell's writing the screenplays adaptations for Marvel. I feel right. like she should go hire them because they do a better job. Exactly. Yeah, know? and it's 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 uh it's um his last name is Despito, Despito, I believe, and he was with, working with Michael Bay and Transformers and Steven Spielberg. So okay. you talking about it's high level that type high level writer yeah. producing executive producing people that know this is how we this is how we need to present it to the fan. You know, this is what we edit out. We don't edit that out. We keep this, you know, this type of music, this type of actors, A-list actors, these this level of characters and keep the continuity there. When you don't have the continuity, that's where the that's where fans like me and other fans from Marvel and D, that's when we get mad because it's like we reading the books. We reading the books, Mike, and you be like, hold up, that didn't happen like that. Yeah. You know, it's like y'all y'all not having that continuity. And that's what Marvel's done. Marvel. In most, I say, I wouldn't say all of it, but I would say 85% of the story told on the big screen of what we've seen, if you're not a comic book reader, is 90, 85% right to the book, Got to it. continuity, canon, as whatever they call it. And that's what kept the Marvel fans happy because they've hitting a, they're hitting it out the box because they're telling the almost exact to right story that's in the book. AG, I'll tell you so, what, you got so much going on. What's up? And you, no, I mean, you, you're esports coach. You're going to be the next head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Comic book aficionado. Yep, thank you. I mean, I just learned, I think I just learned more about Marvel movies than oh, maybe the last 10 years. Thank you. It is. Yes, you're welcome. Yep. And, uh, and I've done a little homework on, uh, like, when the whole story of the Infinite, you know, saga came out when I was finding out, oh, this is guy named Thanos. He's a badass. So what I did, I was like, you know what? I'm going to study up on all the badasses in both universes. So Darkseid is the badass in Marvel or DC. And yeah. Thanos is the badass. And I was like, you know what? Because I, I was like, if these are the baddest dudes out there, because in our world, we knew who the bad dudes were. Yep. You know, it's either this nose tackle or this <clears throat> linebacker, this safety, 
you got to watch them. These are the badass. So I'm like, let me look on these badasses. So I th- so check this out, Mike. You might like this one. So Thanos mm-hmm. is so a badass in his origin story of becoming Thanos. They call him the Mad Titan. That's his yep. other name. Yep. And he was dating Death. So Death is a woman in the Marvel Universe. Joke there. But yeah, he's dating her. Yeah, he's dating Death. And she says to him on a date, she said, hey, Thanos, you know, you all right. I kind of like you. But you know how I was fall in love with you? You go murder your mom. Go do that. And then we, we might come. I could probably put a ring. on. You could put a ring on this thing. And wow. He said, really? He said, OK, no problem. He, he murdered his mom from his request of, of death, his girlfriend. I said that's anyway, a bad. That I'm that sorry. Would, I said that would have been, you, that you been a hell of a plot twist in one of the movies. I don't know if I don't know if he's as popular. Right. right. I'm saying it. Yeah. They, you see, that's where Marvel comes in. We can't put this on the big screen. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that movie? Sin that's City? in the book. Remember the movie Sin City? Yes. I mean, Sin City Willis, was based yes, on like a comic series, and it wasn't like a book. It was like what do you guys call it? A graphic novel. It was a graphic novel. Yeah, yes. a graphic novel. It's a good novel. It's a Not, real good one. And that one, and then there's another one called The Watchmen. That's a uh, it's DC. Yep, maybe. Watchmen. Watchmen is DC, and it's yeah. it's probably more ruthless than any graphic other DC novel, right? uh, series graphic, out there. Yeah, so graphic like, novel. Is, it's hardcore. That stuff is yep. gnarly, man. Yeah, that stuff is gnarly. Listen, hey, good show today, yeah. AG. I'll tell you what, man, man. Thank you, Mike. Great show I'm for you as up. well. So hey, you can find I know you can find me on uh, uh Twitter, Instagram, and Amon Green thirty all one word. And Mike, let them know where they can find you on social. Yep, Mikewell68, Twitter, process to perform on Instagram. Like I said, AG, great show, man. Appreciate you. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you had a good trip. Uh, sorry yep. about Nebraska, but I'm glad you could be the head coach. And uh, listen, yep. all things must come to an end. And 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 if, if we got to shut the show down so you can go lead those guys to the promised land, then I'm good with that too. Right. Hey, you might get a phone call. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right, man. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.